You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the host of the show, and I'm joined by Greg and Chris. Hello guys. Hello. All right. All right. It's us three again, second week in a row. Greg will want a week off next week. That's it. Yeah. Must be due a must be due a break. Aye, I think so. I think you're right. I hear uh, I hear Laurie's back in the land of living, so if you can drag him at the bookies long enough, <laughs> ah, he might, he might sit in a week. I'm on a break. What are you talking about me? <laughs> I heard he was at uh, McDermott Park yesterday because he was mumping and moaning about if every away game's going to be like that, he'll need the, the Monday off. Oh, aye, aye, it sounded good. It's three and a half thousand there, which is is really good. Huh? I mean, I, I read it was about 4,000, but three and a half sounds good. 4,000? Huh? I oh. think it, it, it's because they were getting a, a cut of the money, well, you know? For every uh, Hearts fan that was coming through the gate, they were putting in some money. St. John's were giving Hearts some money back. Aye, I think Aye, it was I a pound per person. Yeah. Is that what it was? That's not bad. I mean, if you've got three and a half, four thousand, 4,000, that's a good chunk of money, though. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right, well, I want to run through what we're going to discuss in the podcast because I'm sure we'll touch on that again. I was going to mention the sports scene revamp because oh, they were loving it, the, the brand new sports scene that doesn't look that much different. But we'll discuss that. The, last week we mentioned about the Premiership and all the different league names. We'll touch on the Lowland League, brand new league in Scottish football. There was European games during the week. Touch on that. Obviously, the Scottish Premiership games at the weekend. There was some interesting news today with the uh, Celtic saying the Green Brigade section is going to get shut and the Walter Smith walking away. We'll touch what? on that. I don't know if we'll discuss it in de- great detail. Then the McBookie charity bet. We'll also discuss predictions for the upcoming Premiership games and obviously discuss the predictor because I'm doing pretty good in it. So I'm going to be a bit smug. I think that's all. Well, wipe this. that smugness right off your face when we talk about the charity bet, though. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, aye, you're right, I'm not looking forward to that bit. But I thought I'd start with the sports scene revamp, because uh, i seen that McLean's been ditched in favour of Jonathan Sutherland, which... Aye, for the highlight game, Ron McLean's doing the, the Wednesday night game for the, the Celtic Elfberg, so he's not been entirely ditched, but aye. I noticed he was doing commentary for one of the games as well. Aye. Aye, so they, they've redone it, they've got new opening sequence, which is a bit retro. It's a, it looks a wee bit like for when Greg was young. Yeah, I remember, I remember that tune well. Wasn't <laughs> uh, I was saying that this morning. I was saying I either picked this old tune and I thought, I better watch what I'm saying here. Aye, that's, a, that's an oldie but goodie. Aye. Aye, but it seemed okay. I, th- I thought that the, the approach was, was pretty much the same as what we're used to, but the graphics was a little bit different. I liked how they showed the teams alongside Sutherland when he was speaking, although they didn't do that for the, the Celtic game. Which I, I thought uh, wasn't very consistent, but I remember they're ironing out the, the, the kinks at the moment. But I uh, no, I quite enjoyed that actually. I, I, literally just before this podcast finished watching it, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, it was uh, they, were, they were quite positive. I quite I, I said this last season. I quite enjoy when Stephen Thompson's on it as a as a pundit. I thought him and uh, Pat Bonner were probably my two favourite last season. Again, he was pretty good last night. Michael Stewart, I uh, he did pretty well. I think Jonathan Sullivan's quite a, a positive guy as well. So. You know yeah, I, I liked, mean, see how it goes. I liked the, the, when Sutherland made a, a fluff and called them both ex-pros. Ex-pros. Uh. <laughs> I liked how they kept that in because that's that's what I hope for in this podcast. That it's just all it is is a chat. There's no, we're not professionals here. We're not glossing over any mistakes. It's just a chat. And if you make a mistake like that, run with it and see what happens. And they had a good laugh about it. Sutherland said he owes him one a wee bit later on the the show. So I, I thought that was all right. <laughs> Ah, oh, they're, they're, sorry, Chris Nigo. No, I was just going to say, remind how we, last week we were mixing up the names of the, 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 the top flight and calling it the SPL and stuff like that. I heard Richard Gordon do it on Saturday on the radio. So that made me feel a bit better. One thing that Aye. annoyed me uh, from Sutherland, he says, he was discussing Celtic and he mentioned that they were favourites for the Championship. And then he corrected himself, <laughs> incorrectly, because he then says, oh, it's uh, the Premiership. But no, we've always called it the Championship. 
I, I know where he was coming from. It was because of the stupid name for the second tier now. It's, it's obviously not favourites for the championship because that's the name of the second tier now. I know what he meant, but yeah. I, can, I know why he corrected himself as well. I listen, the, the, the sports scene revamps in a par with Neil, God, Neil Doncaster claiming there's been a lot of thought given to the renaming of the, the SPL <laughs> and all these other. Oh, they've done switch the chairs from the bit. They just moved the, the position of the chairs and they've made the studio a wee bit darker. And they've, it looks as though they've given Sutherland about half a dozen pills before he went on the screen. His eyes were like saucers. Look like Craig at T in the park after about half an hour. And I'll tell you the other thing I did not like. If I see he's sitting forward in his chair at the start. He was, he was like almost crouched forward over his chair. It put me right in edge. Never really recovered for that. It'll never be as bad as Raman on the other side last season. We said it on the Champions oh, League. I love that. Batting his feet. Just done in history, done it. <laughs> oh, the tapping. That was brilliant. I'm sure he, I'm sure I mentioned that to him on Twitter and I'm sure he responded. Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I've never seen somebody so relaxed. He was loving it. I thought <laughs> you've got him on one side and you had Joe Jordan on the other. He looked like a rabbit caught in hair. <laughs> oh, I can't remember that. Chris Sutton was there as was well. Chris, Sutton, Chris Sutton's a great guy, but he's not a great pundit. No, he, he's, he's knowledgeable, but he doesn't have that television personality. They're, they're, they're going in the right direction with this. And I, I agree with Chris is saying, I think having Stephen Thompson on every week's a, a definite bonus is you just sign the boy up. But I'd quite like to see them, rather than two footballers or ex-footballers, just mix it up a wee bit with who else they put in the other seat, you know, just to give a slightly different slant on it. Because it was a wee bit semi last night with the two of them. You want a wee bit of back and forth between it. But no, it's definitely a move in the, the right direction. If they're needing a new presenter, I could do it. If they're wanting somebody who's boring, my eyes don't pop out of my head. A bit monotone, but other than that, I think I could do it. Definitely a face for the radio, but I, I could turn up. I don't want much money. I'll maybe get in touch with them, see what they say. So I mentioned about the, the new league names and also a new league, a brand new league in Scottish football, the Lowland League, obviously named as opposed to the Highland League, because it's low, as opposed to high. <laughs> now, this is coming in, and it's starting this season, but this we're weekend? not going to have a true pyramid until, is it 2014-15? Aye, they're going to let it establish for a season and see how it goes. And then the, the theory is that at the end of the 2014-15 season, the winner of the Lowland League will play the winner of that low, Highland League, and then the winner of that playoff will play the team that's bottom of the fourth tier, which is what now League Two. Oh, is that is that how it works? Because all that seems was to be the way the playoffs work. The three teams were going into something, and I wasn't really sure what, and I was a bit confused as to how it would work, whether it was going to be a league or or one-off games. But that's an interesting way of doing it. But it's given a bit of an advantage to the the person that's hey. finishing bottom of the League exactly. Two. Exactly. Not half as much as the one that we found out this week in the Premiership. I had a, a conversation with one of the boys for STV asking them if they knew how the setup was working, if it was going to be the same as the, the lower league ones. But you know how mm-hmm. it was like the the 11th team plays the, I think it was the third team or something in the, the, the lower league, and then mm-hmm. second team played fourth. Well, apparently that doesn't happen between the Premiership and the first and the Championship. Because what happens is third plays fourth, and the winner of that plays second, and the winner of that then plays the team that finished 11th. All oh, right. Which nah, is just, I don't like that. it's, that's not a promotion playoff, that's a protection playoff. Yeah, it's more self, self-preservation oh, again, isn't it? Aye, no, I'm not having that at all. So that's disappointing, but I suppose it's better than what we had of just the bottom team Gundon, because you would still fancy it was going to be hearts. But yeah, you think, let's say, St Martin or Partick Thistle or Hibs, depending on who finishes 11th, it's, it's got one game effective. But as far as I know, it's a two-leg tie, but I haven't got that confirmed yet. Aye. Back, back, back to talking about the Lowland League. Um, it's it's pretty, as you say, it's 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 the high, the Lowland equivalent of the Highland League. Although the Highland League has got eighteen teams and the Lowland League's only got twelve, nine of which came for the east of Scotland. You've got Edinburgh City, Gala Ferradine, Gretna, two thousand and eight. I don't know why they've still got two thousand and eight in their name. That's, I mean, have they not got the memo yet? Yeah, <laughs> you can buy the name on that. Aye, sorry. Right. You get you get Preston Athletic, Selkirk, Spartans, Stirling University. The first university Aye. team in the leagues, which is good. Vale Leithen, not to be confused with Vale Leithen, and Whitehill Welfare, they're all from the East of Scotland League. From the South of Scotland League, you had Dalbeatty Star and Three Rovers. And then for the amateurs, interestingly, with East Kilbride. Now, the East Kilbride one makes it interesting because what are Clyde going to do? Because Clyde are talking to move East Kilbride. Yeah. Mm. 
and East, East Kilbride, there's, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sort of media pushing people behind East Kilbride in terms of trying to promote the team within the town centre itself. So they're mm-hmm. they're going to be in direct competition with any sort of floating voters who might decide to go along and see Clyde. I think I think you're ten times more likely to go and see a team called East Kilbride if you live in East Kilbride than you are to go and see a team called Clyde if you live in East Kilbride. So yeah, I think I think. Uh, once again, Clyde look as though they've shot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to see Stirling Uni getting involved because it wasn't that long ago that they entered the Scottish Cup for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm not no, sure how long they've been around for, but it was only I'm sure it was two seasons ago. Was it no? Um, was it a few seasons ago? Was it no? Uh, what's his name that, that he played for? Him, used to play for St Mirren. Uh, Barry Levetti. I'm sure he played for Stirling Uni. At some point in one of the one of the Scottish Cup rounds, and yeah, maybe talking three or four years ago now, but I'm sure he was he was quoted as playing for them. Mm, I don't know. I'm going I to think have to it's check good. That out. I think it's good that we're now going to get a proper pyramid. Mm-hmm. Because... Well, the, the, we say that, but the question is, how far down does the pyramid go now? Because obviously we've got this fifth tier, which is the Highlands and the Lowland leagues. But what happens below them? I mean, can the the teams in the the East of Scotland League and the South of Scotland League join the Lowland League if they get promoted into it? Because the difference between the Lowland League and the East of Scotland League is the East of Scotland League doesn't have an agreement that says if you earn promotion, you must take it. Whereas the Lowland League has uh, had to sign up to agree that. That's part of the, the thing that the, the 12 teams have agreed to. If they get in a promotion position and they win, they have to go up into the, the SPFL. Or when it gets set up anyway. And, well, uh, and some clubs wouldn't want that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's certainly, there was all, was it 27 teams or something? You know, had uh, originally said they might apply to join the, the Lowland League. I think there was 17 did eventually apply, and of those 17, 12 got in. I have heard suggestions even from next season they might expand it to 16. Uh, so that's if, if it's five missed out on it, then four of them might be favourites to get it. Mm-hmm. The, the big surprise was there wasn't any juniors in there because I was expecting at least one junior to try and join the league, but none of them actually put themselves forward. So I don't know if they'd maybe be up for it next time. Yeah, you wonder whether the junior, junior teams are quite happy where they're just now in the junior mm-hmm. leagues. It seems to be a relatively well-run organisation and they're, they're pulling in decent crowds as well so perhaps I've looked at that and said you know what better off where we are lads yep yeah and on the Barry Levetti thing I can exclusively reveal it was Bath University he played for so uh, where I'm where I'm pulling uh, Stirling University from I do not uh, know misleading <laughs> he, played in, he played in the FA Cup though with Bath and he scored a hat-trick <laughs> and really? he was also he was also done for drugs as well. <laughs> Not so good. <laughs> it's funny how you've just remembered all of that quite clearly. It's funny, it just came to me, that Craig. Just came to me. Buried it somewhere. Well, move yeah, on. The, the junior team I was thinking that might join it would be Clyde Bank. That was the one that sprung to mind. Because obviously the, the new Gretners in there, they thought the new Clyde Bank might be interested in trying to get back into the, the professional leagues. But maybe next time. We'll move on and discuss the uh, European games. It took place during the week, and I guess uh, the first one and the obvious one to start with is the Celtic game, which Celtic came away with a scoreline that confuses me when it comes to European football because you hear a lot of people saying, oh, that's a, that's a perfect scoreline, aye, we didn't lose an away goal. And then I think, well, what about the away team? They're thinking, they're saying, ah, perfect scoreline, we didn't lose too many. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a kind of result that, for me anyway, suits both teams, but I think everyone's got a different opinion on that. So, Chris, yeah, what do you think? Are well, you happy? Yeah, I like to say, um, yeah, I'd have been happier with more goals, but I think the problem we've seen against Elfsburg and the problem we've seen even at the weekend there against Ross County was we're crying out for a penalty box striker. Yep. Because we were certainly creating enough chances, probably more so against Ross County, but uh, Elfsburg defended pretty well, had a terrible habit of every time we started creating something, they'd boot us up in the air. Samaras went off with about five minutes to go. And it was, they tried maybe fractured his toe at one point. Apparently hasn't, so he's okay and should be okay for Wednesday. But um, nah, every time we, in, we were creating in, they were putting us up in the air, which is a bit disappointing to see. Um, but I think Celtic were the better team. I think we struggled a bit with, fun enough, Mo Bangura. Um, but they never really gave him much uh, of the ball. So we, we kind of got away with it. They defended quite deep for most of the game. It was it was, it was very reminiscent of watching any SPL team coming to Celtic, actually. Whether we'll get that in the second leg, I doubt it, because obviously Elfsburg now need to come out. They'll fancy themselves. I think they're unbeaten in what, two years or something at home. Um, 
and obviously they need to get a goal to get himself level on the tie. Their big worry is that Celtic scoring it's a way goal. Then you're they're looking to getting three. Um Celtic are always capable of scoring away from home these days, especially if we get Salmonas and the team who seems to score every away game, yeah. apart from Juventus. Uh but I, th- I think I'm I'm glad I'm glad we've got a lead. I'm glad we've got we didn't concede the away goal, so that should give us the slight advantage. I think we're probably the better team, so we should go through. But you never know in the night we might have a bad game, else we might have a great game. Mo Bangura might take another uh, dive for we slap the kid on slap in the face. Might get it, might get something given that time. I think his career's finished at Celtic now. Not they ever had one to start with, but <laughs> they didn't exactly uh, ingratiate himself in the sport that, that night. Yeah, but I think playing, I think he was uh, the professional in all of that scenario that he played for the club he was with. So I think I, that credit to him for doing that, for acting professionally. But I, I, yeah, I I'm, I, I, said game, it, I, agree. I said it at the time that he was put in a terrible position in this tie because obviously he's he's being asked by his current club to play against the club he's on loan from. You shouldn't be putting the player in that position in the first place. The fact he's put in that position and he played to the best of his ability at least as much as he was allowed to with the, the amount of service he was getting. It's credit to him. The thing that really annoyed me was that stupid dive trying to get Kelvin Wilson into trouble. It never seemed to bother them because at the end of the game he was shaking hands with Kelvin Wilson, hugged half the Celtic team and then disappeared in the tunnel. So everything seemed to be pretty rosy with the rest of the team, but the, the fans were absolutely raging. I mean, all right, we were booing him for most of the game, but when that happened with Kelvin Wilson, it was, it was quite vitriolic. So the next ties. On BBC Two, yep, quarter to night. seven yeah. kick off. Ah, it's also. a bit earlier because it, it's because it's a sweet muzzle. Aye, but different. But aye, and then the other games, St. Johnson once again surprised everybody with a, yes. another one away in Europe against FC Minsk, which aye. Well, obviously, they, obviously they got the benefit of being seeded when that draw was made because they were in the Rosenberg. So in aye. theory. In theory, they've got a lesser team than they should be playing, but that's not to say St. Johnston haven't done something pretty good here because they've gone away from home, won again against a team who probably... Start, did they start around ahead of St. Johnston? I haven't checked the coefficient exactly, but I'm sure UEFA must rank them pretty close to St. Johnston, so to win away from home again, fantastic result. Yeah, I don't think that uh, there's many teams that are a lot lower than St. Johnston. That's no disrespect to them but they're not a, a European team really uh, it's, it's only quite recently that they've started getting into a wee bit of a run doing that but I think it's brilliant for Scottish football to see that, to see them go away again and win 1-0 and hopefully set up a, a decent uh, home leg on Thursday which I've booked my seat in my mate's car so I'll be going along to it and I'll hopefully <laughs> be able to report back on my pie and I'll, have it. I'll hopefully meet up with Frugal Norrie as well I spotted him the last time I was there, but he was walking away from me. I didn't want to shout. He was you'll get, the you'll other get side. You'll get your discount in the turnstiles. Oh, He'll let you jump yeah. over for half price. Yeah, he was the other side of the barrier. He was he was ready Turnstile, to run on the pitch when I seen him. Aye. Right, here you go. I've just looked it up on the, the, the wonderful UEFA Bert Cassius website. FK Minsk are 245th currently. St. Johnson are 275th. So they're 30 places behind them. Oh, I so, heard. There you go. I heard they only update that once every 20 years, so I don't know if you can trust that, Chris. That's what I heard regards Rangers. Aye, that's... <laughs> I don't know if we can trust is, it. Is this because well, suddenly he, he sent an email saying that uh, he, he suspects it because Derry City were counted as a, a separate team <laughs> from their previous history, then, he, then there is a good chance that Rangers will be as well? Which <laughs> I thought was very diplomatic from Bert. <laughs> oh, right, and then Motherwell. Did you enjoy your night, Greg? Nah, it was rotten. It was a complete waste of time. Waste of money. I almost had a ticket. I got a text for a mate just as I was leaving work saying, ah, there's a ticket there for free if you want it. Nah. You didn't take it up? I was busy. I was busy. <sighs> yeah, to be honest, you never missed much. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great game. It was, um, I mean, you can't fault the effort and the commitment for Motherwell again. I mean, we have to me, have me tried our best, but that's just too big a golf in, in class between the two sides. Uh, and it was it was all too apparent. I mean, they they played the classic um, away European tie, and they they soaked up the pressure, and they waited for us to give the ball away, and then um, caught us in the break, and, and scored two goals. And, and it was one of these. They looked as though 
they probably had another couple of gears in them if they had to come up and score another another one or two, they might have done that as well. Cissé was he was benched, he, he didn't play, came on the last twenty minutes or so. But by that time the, the damage was done. The big lad they had up front, a guy called Baldy up front was just head and shoulders above the entire team, just ran the show all night and it's just that hair joke. <laughs> I could have been. It's just um it just reminded me of last year's European performances as well. Just carbon copies. Nothing I mean the closest we came was, was Sutton crashed a header off the post by a couple of minutes to go, but to be honest the tie was the tie was more or less going by that point and gives us a problem now because with the uh, return leg on Thursday, uh, McCall's sort of switherness to who to take on the journey and who to leave back at home given that we've got Aberdeen on Sunday because I mean, there's no way we're, we're pulling the result at the bag over there so what do you do? Do you take a, a weakened squad and risk getting an absolute hiding or do you take your first team squad and try and keep it um, try and keep it respectable so we'll, we'll see what sort of squad goes but I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe one or two left behind it's oh, a shame if that you play you're a saying... second string uh, so I'm just thinking if you play a second string even if you get coughed you can say well, it was a second string yeah. You're not expected to get anything over there. You're not expected to be help out in the coefficient with getting a draw or a win or something like that. Nah. And you're not going to progress in the tie. So nah. I can understand where he's coming from. He's looking at the, the Aberdeen game being the big game this week. Definitely. Definitely. It's far more important that we get we get three points in the sun. Well, that's not true. It'd be, it'd be far more important if we went and won three nothing in Russia. But <laughs> the chances of that happening are Aye. Are slim and done, so we need to kind of have one eye in the week. Because I mean, they're travelling as well. I think the players get back something like, I think it's sort of Friday in the afternoon or something by the time they get back. So it's not exactly ideal preparation for the Sunday's game. So, um, but I was just saying this Thursday as well. I just it's, it's, it's a bit of kicking the teeth, you know. You finish second in the league, runners up in the league, and you're rewarded with a tie against a, a side who have got an operating budget of about forty million, who pay one player more than you pay your entire squad. It's just, it's a bit depressing really, to be honest. So I'm kind of done with Europe. I'm sick of it. That's the second year in a row. It's just been a big anti-climax. So I'm kind of hoping we, we avoid it next year or we get a, we finally get a decent, some sort of decent tie. Uh, it's a bit of a shame when I, I seen the, the, the TV situation with the, the three clubs in Europe and I'm sure there's plenty of Celtic fans chuffed that the BBC has picked up their game but for me, I think the BBC, they're a public service. I think that mm-hmm. they should be going out there and booking a match that doesn't make commercial sense, booking a match that nobody else would have bidded for. Like, and I'm, I'm talking about the Motherwell or the St. Johnson game here because I'm sure that BT Sport or Sky would have been keen on showing the Celtic game because of the viewing figures involved, it would have made commercial sense. Whereas the Motherwell and St. Johnson probably not. But that's what the BBC is there for. The BBC is there to get these kind of games on, to do that kind of thing. And unfortunately, they're not. Unfortunately, they seem to be chasing ratings, which is a bit of a shame. Trying to look at this as a neutral because I'm sure lots of Celtic fans will be chuffed that it's getting shown. Yeah, that's the thing. Because what happens in the, uh, the qualifiers is usually Sky, don't bother, because they've got the playoff round. So if Celtic progress past the Ellsberg, they'll be on Sky because that was that's already done. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, if BBC hadn't picked up, there's a good chance it'd end up in Premier Sports. So for that perspective, I don't have Premier Sports. I've got no intention of ever getting it because we only want it three times a year, and most of them are friendlies. So for that perspective, I'm quite glad it went on to BBC. But I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying because although I wouldn't want St Johnson's game to be on this week. I would much have preferred it had been last week and we could have watched it on the Thursday and we could have watched them win their 1-0 away game because you don't want... If you miss out the home game, then you're encouraging people to go to the game. When it's the away game, you're talking about what, Belarus and Russia and Motherwell's case and what was it, Sweden? it was Sweden for the Hibs as well. Mm-hmm. Who, who goes to these games? Like, I mean, other than like, a handful of the, the fans. How many Motherwell fans have we got? Well, you said yourself it's like 1,300 quid last week, you said. The, the Motherwell away leg, I think... Um, I think they're expecting maybe around 30, 40 people to travel. Uh, it's just completely inaccessible unless you want to pay 1300 to go with the to go with the team. So, I mean, they're already as a, a game that you could have stuck on the TV and you might have got a, a reasonable audience. I mean, I, I don't think it would be huge, but you would certainly get a degree of interest from um, from around about central Scotland. But uh, I, I kind of I quite like the fact they're not showing the St. Johnston game on the TV bonus to the home leg because I think it's... I- I think it encourages people to get up and go out and go to the football and, and 
stick a couple of quid behind the turnstile for them as well, and a better atmosphere as well, you know, it'd be much better yeah. in there if they got a decent crowd, so I'm kind of, I'm a bit easy-ozy about the whole TV thing, but I definitely for the away legs, I would, I would like to see the BBC try and pick up a few more of these and um, at least provide some sort of service. One thing I, that upsets me a little bit, I went to the St. Johnson game against Rosenberg, and what upsets me is the St. Johnson fans that, that discuss, and other fans as well that say, oh, there was, was it 8,000 people there? Oh, there was 8,000 people at the game. Where where are these fans uh, week in, week out in the, in the league? And I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm not a fan at all. I'm just a neutral, want to put £25 into St. Johnson to go and watch a game of football. They're almost like trying to scare me away, make me feel bad because I don't go to every single game. But that happens at every club. It's just not that's not confined to any one club. But so they always. Oh you, no, you, no, definitely. You're you right. get this every time someone makes to Hamden in a, a, a league cup or the Scottish Cup. You get like maybe Celtic taking one and say, "Well, we want three quarters of the stadium," and then you get the other club saying, "Well, no, because this is a one day out. You just like swan off and get like big crowds when you play Barcelona in the Champions League." Now, where are yep. they when they're playing Ross County? Whereas, like, for the like, the St Marins and the Dundee Uniteds and that this world, they don't get to see the likes of Barcelona turn up too often. But when they get to a domestic cup final, they're, they're going along to watch their team maybe win a trophy, which yep. happens all the time at Celtic. Doesn't happen so much as St Marin, you know. So I don't I don't understand that more. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of hearing I'm sick of hearing that argument. There's somebody. I think it was on Twitter at the weekend they were talking about the uh, Hearts St Johnson game and somebody was making a point that there were more Hearts supporters in there than St Johnson fans or something and one of the St Johnson fans came on and said look, I'm sick of hearing this why don't you just concentrate on the 3,000 St Johnson fans that go there every week and talk about that instead of talking about the 2 or 3,000 that don't go every week yep. that's a fair point you know, these are the guys that go in and, and, and take their money every week go and watch their team but yeah, all they constantly hear about is the three, four thousand that don't go or only go to a European game or only go to this? It's nonsense. Yeah. When it comes down to it, there's only us nutcases that can afford to, to go along every single week because it's not a cheap thing to go to the football nah. these days. Nah. So nah. if if you're picking and choosing your game, when are you going to pick the wee daddy game in the league or are you going to go for the, the big European tie or Correct. the big cup game? Correct. There was, there was five of us at the game during the week and there's only two of us have season tickets and go more than a couple of games a season. But then what do you do? You turn and say to the three guys that are there, but you're coming for, you know, don't bother. Because you, you can't do that. You want people in there on the big nights to get a big crowd and you want to try and get a bit of money in the club as well. I'd rather I went to three games a season than didn't go at all. Yep, yep, I agree, I agree. We'll move on we'll discuss the, the games at the weekend, the, the Premiership games, and we'll start off with BT Sports' first live competitive game which was Partick Thistle against Dundee United. And I don't want to go on about it too much, but their positioning of the score was ridiculous. They well, put yeah, it on I the bottom that. left. Oh, oh, Chris, no, 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 no. Yeah, oh, I, I thought it was genius. Everybody <laughs> goes with this idea of sticking it in the top, right? And then you think, okay, so you're used to it there. And that's all it is, I think. I like putting it on the bottom was almost as good. I, I did hear uh, Scott for the football net. What is it, Scott FTF? He's dish on Twitter. Uh, yep. He he did make a valid point that is probably uh, slightly more obstructive in the bottom yep. because when it's in the top, it sometimes walks a crowd, whereas that yep. doesn't happen if it's a bottom. But what I liked about it though was because it was at the bottom left and the BT Sport uh, logo was in the bottom right. But when someone was coming on a sub, they joined them up, and it became a bar. And I I really appreciated that. Can you remember Sky Sports did this maybe three seasons ago? They trialled it and they did it. It didn't last long. It was a new season and I'm sure it only lasted a couple of games and then they moved it back and I didn't hear anything mentioned about it. They just quietly corrected it. And I say corrected there, Chris, because the correct place is the top left. No, it's not. There's no correct place. There's just what we're used to, convention. Uh, well, I to be fair, Scott did raise one other point, and when I was talking to him, was the camera work when they they were at the the, the oh, it's a studio. It was just basically a, a bench at the side. <laughs> they were basically on a platform, and where the terracing used to be. <laughs> and the camera work was just one camera moving about, trying not to keep everybody shot at the one time, and it was like motion sickness stuff. And they, to be fair, that seems to be a BT Sports thing because I was watching the the Liverpool game the following day. 
and uh, they were doing the same with Jake in the studio. <laughs> but they had cameras and they could switch between them. But every so often they switched to this one camera and it was just following them around the room. And even when he was standing still, it was moving. I think it's good to try new things. Good to try and push the boundaries, especially for a new channel. But I, I, I like to know where I am with football. I like it just kept simple. Score top left, channel top right. Just That's what I know and that's what I like. I'll tell you what did work though. Gary McAllister, I thought he was brilliant alongside there. That worked really well. The two of them were quite positive. They complimented each other. I mean, it was it was a shock to the system to have a co-commentator making salient points. <laughs> I start... Not just describing what you've seen with your own Aye. eyes two seconds before. <laughs> I still miss Burley. Oh, he's away to America. That was the greatest thing I read last week. Oh, is that what, that's where he is now? Aye, he's away to work for ESPN in America. All right. So, uh, apologies to everybody in the, the, across the Atlantic. Ah, <laughs> oh, I miss him. Right, uh, talking about the game, we're running a wee bit short on time. That's us half hour in already. And well, see, just that, start. yeah, that, that, didn't we used to last season just let me run through the, the, the roundup and then this get done really quickly? Aye. Do you want to do that? Well, we'll just go with that since we're running out of time already. Aye, go with that. Aye, go All with right. that. Let's go wait then. So Thistle opened the new Scottish Premiership by almost unfurling the SFL one division flag. They did get it eventually, but it was dragging along the ground in case they were taking it away. Anyway, the game that followed to Diverton, a good early penalty claim for Thistle, a barney between both sides, questions about whether or not Aaron Taylor Sink North should be sent off for Party Thistle, whether or not Callum Butcher should be sent off for Dundee United, another penalty claim for another lunge by Butcher. Everything except the goal, really. But that was mostly thanks to Scott Fox and Vidoslav Chersniak for that. So uh, both keepers are making good saves in the matches that finished 0-0. And that meant that the honour of first goal of the season went to Johnny Hayes Aberdeen, who opened the scoring at Pataudry against Kilmarnock from very close range. Will Flood then got his Aberdeen career off to a flyer by doubling the lead after the break with a header, while Chris Boyd increased his top flight tally still further by getting a consolation, much to the annoyance of the home fans whom they then got booked for Gordon. <laughs> That's the SPL top scorer, which uh, apparently no one now cares about because we're starting again, so you're not allowed to count his SPL goals just as you couldn't count Henrik Larson's SFL goals. Go figure. Anyway, the other 3pm Saturday game was at Inverness. Usually the Highland side struggle in the opening game, but not this year as they met the team that's probably even worse than opening day. That was St Murren. It took a while to get going, and it was uh, James Vincent who opened the scoring from the penalty spot after Van Zanten originally handled his initial shot. Uh, the replay showed that looked a wee bit harsh given the distance he was, the power it was hit was, and the fact that hit the arm that was in at the body and not the one he was waving about. So uh, if that was bad, then uh, it was St Murn's fault for the next goal, I'm afraid. Arden Doran doubled the lead just a minute later, thanks to the defensive horror show, where they, they basically took centre, lost possession, then conceded possession about three times. <laughs> uh, Billy McKay then continued with the left off by getting the third. And there's still time for Van Zanten to get second booking of the game. And Inverness got the biggest win of the weekend to sit top of the league and open the weekend. And positives for St Martin, better than a bomb. Uh, the Saturday evening kickoff saw the champions Celtic unfurl their flag before going behind and just to open a few minutes to an absolute peach of a strike from Ross County's Darren Maston. The new boy for Celtic, Dirk Boregter, looked bright for half an hour before he went off having apparently gone over his ankle. But that came after Anthony Stokes had levelled the game from an inch as a result of a poorly defended corner. Derek Adams bizarrely thought it was a handball when he build up, but Michael Lustig knew he was in front of Celtic's new family stand and was doing nothing of the sort when he controlled the waist ties. Oh, it was a definite handball. Never. Definite. Not a chance. The replay was obvious and it was never a handball. Anyway, Celtic then hit the woodwork twice and had a good claim for a penalty in the second half, but it took until the final few minutes of the game for Celtic to get the one other play deserved when Anthony Stokes finally managed to get the goal and deny a stubborn Ross County. On to Sunday, and uh, it was Hibs and Motherwell starting their domestic campaigns after disappointment in Europe. It was hardly a classic, this one, but Motherwell did get the late breakthrough through substitute Henri Onier, or whatever his name is, Henry Onier. I never quite caught how he pronounced it. Uh, latching onto a long ball and beating a slow Hibs defence. It was just moments after John Sutton had practically done the same thing. Although his shot was saved by Ben Williams. Uh, less said about a game of better, to be honest. The Sky Illustrated annoyingly well by focusing on the bored kids in the crowd. And then finally, at McDermott Park, we had the final venue of the weekend. St Murren returning home after that away win in Europe. There was a big crowd there, no small part, thanks to the 4,000 or 3,500 uh, Hearts fans that were travelling, depending on what you read. And they were there backing their stricken team and the promise that St Johnson would be sending them money, as we mentioned earlier, which is a, a very good gesture for St Johnson. 
Not so charitable on the part, mind you. It's Stevie May got the only goal of the game in 25 minutes, and that was thanks to the new offside, word, offside rule wording to leave Hearts still 15 adrift thanks to their administration penalty. I've got to admit, I think that offside was probably wrong. Given Willis would move towards the ball and uh, as if he was going to play it and didn't, although he didn't block, the, although he after. didn't block the movement of the keeper's view, he did. His movement did look as if he was going to play it and may have caused the keeper's indecisiveness. So that's us for the SPL. No, the Scottish Premiership. I wanted to mention that offside. Because yeah, because I've reworded that. I knew you'd have the word. Well, it annoyed me because I was watching sports scene and I knew what I was going to discuss in the podcast and then Jonathan Sutherland tries to steal my thunder and he gets the rule book out and I'm raging uh-huh. and I'm not watching it ever again See, because I'm annoyed. No, what you have to look at is sports scene have obviously heard this podcast for last season, knew how interesting it was when you got out of the rule book and thought, you're having that. So, yep. well played sports scene, they know they're a good idea when they hear it. So, well, if you've watched sports scene, then this is going to bore you. But basically, it used to be that you were offside if you would deceive or distract an opponent. Yep. Now you have to be obstructing the opponent's line of sight or movement, as in yep. standing in their way. The, so, the movement thing's the one that threw me, though, because the way Jonathan Sutherland read it out, it was as if because he was moving towards the ball, he should have been flagged for offside. Not bad. That's not how I read it. I read that as the old wording, which I think is correct. I think the old wording is correct. Right? He deceived the keeper. He distracted the keeper because he went to take a shot. He went to get a wee nick on it. Of course the keeper's going to be watching him thinking he's going to get a nick. I need to react to this. And then just that split second delayed him enough that he couldn't save the, the cross come shot. I think he's offside. And that's based on the old wording because I don't like the new wording. I'm not having it at all. If I was a referee, I'd just say, nope, I'm, I'm old school. <laughs> so, no, I'm going to ignore the FIFA and just do what I want. <laughs> I get told that. I don't bother coming back. <laughs> see, see, to be honest, I would ignore FIFA as well. FIFA seem to think that, well, actually, I suppose it's UEFA technically, that Willie Collum and Craig Thompson are good referees. And yet, Willie Collum denied what I thought was a stonewall penalty for Celtic. It was right in front of him when the, uh, the Ross County defender buzzed into the back of Anthony Stokes with his uh, shoulder. And everybody I've heard describe that since has went, if it had been shoulder to shoulder, yes, that's perfectly legal. But it's not. You buzzed into his back, it's a penalty. And then meanwhile, we had Craig Thompson in the Partick Thistle game where it was probably two penalties that he should have given. Uh, probably should have sent Butcher off. Probably should have sent that boy uh, Sinclair off as well. And yep. these, are, these are two top UEFA referees and they were both horrific on week one of the Scottish Premiership. One thing, one excuse I'll give them is it was week one. They, they need time to get up to speed as well. I think well, I, their, I think their, their eyes still working in week one? <laughs> Does it take a few weeks for their eyes to warm up? But this is, <laughs> that, I thought this is a, one of the best things about the highlights, was they showed clearly how brilliant a view Billy Colm had of the, the Stokes challenge, and they had a brilliant camera angle that showed how clearly Craig Thompson could see the second penalty that uh, Partick Thistle were claiming when it was that two-footed lunge. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> Left the ground. Yeah. It's, he never even gave us a free kick. Yeah, it's, aye. it was horrible. Even the first one stood showing and went over the top of a ball. Aye. That's... Butcher could have been sent off twice in that game. Is, is that going to be deemed to have been dealt with within the game because they've not given anything? The no. first one will be, the second one won't. I've got a funny feeling old Vincent Lunny might be looking at his uh, his remote control for his videos then, because if they're replaying <laughs> that, if they're pulling up all these other nonsense um, challenges and shoves and all the rest of it, if they're not pulling that up, then they'd be getting shot at the guy, because that was, that was a horrific challenge. Yeah, I, it's, it's a shame that because the the one where he went over the top of the ball, was he got booked for that. It's a shame that that's as far as it can go. Because yeah. Thompson will tell you himself that if after he watches the replay, that that's a red card. Every day of the week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, going back to that offside, I think we're going to find ourselves in a bit of a farcical situation where we're going to see... i seen it in England once where there was a an attacker who stood behind the wall in front of the keeper. Red Van Easterly. And just didn't move. Yeah. And then the goal went in. So I think that this is going to happen... In Scottish football, I think Kenny Shields, with his fake wall that he puts yeah. behind the real wall, I think he's just going to put them <laughs> there and say, don't move, just yeah. stand there. As long as you're, you're not obstructing the keeper, then just stand there. And the folk are going to get confused. Players are going to not know what's going on. You could make a, a song and dance and you could 
faint three times to hit a shot and you don't and it still counts. Nah, I'm I'm not having this new wording at all. This happens every time they change a word in the off season. Let's say what I mentioned there, Rud Van Eastory went through what half a season just taking the mickey out of the, the, the new wording than it was then for Man United and he was just standing behind walls and all sorts. And, like they benefited quite a lot out of it. So I can imagine exactly what seems to be a good case here is you, if you send a ball in like that, you should make sure there's another striker in the box who pretends to go for it and has no intention of getting it whatsoever because apparently that's legal. Yep. Because it might just put the keeper off and if it puts the keeper off, the ball might end up in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, attackers are going to have to adjust because how often do you see them walking back onside and, and, and looking sheepish and say, I'm not going to touch a ball, honest. Now they're going to be, ah, I'm going to touch a ball, I'm going to, didn't they touch it? Still onside. <laughs> uh, I don't like it, but that's it. That's what we're stuck with for this whole season. That no, awesome. right, was. I mentioned at the start I wanted to talk about the Green Brigade, and it's probably a podcast on its own because I think we could. We could all have a, a mump and moan about the Green Brigade and the negatives. We could all talk about the positives that they, they bring to Celtic. But I, I heard that they were going to be moving them out to somewhere else. How does that work? Logistically, how does that work? How, how are they going to... Are people just going to end up in single seats away from their pals? Are they allowed to go uh, two together, but any more than that's not allowed? How's that going to work? I have no idea. I'm sure Celtic have some kind of plan for it. To be honest, I'm... I'm a big fan of the Green Brigade because I think a lot of what they do is absolutely brilliant. They 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 are the ones that create the atmosphere at Celtic Park these days. The the banners that they've got are absolutely brilliant. The I display we had, yeah, well, often negative about Rangers. Aye, funny enough. The, the the display at Barcelona was absolutely out of this world, and Celtic to this day are making forty quid a picture out of that. So uh, I wonder how much of that goes towards the Green Brigade, who are the ones that set it up. But um, the the big problem with the Green Brigade is they've they've been asked on several occasions now to to wrap it with the likes of the the lateral movement and the the people are sitting, the section one 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 which I should point out is not entirely made up of the Green Brigade were also uh, cited for the the pyrotechnics in the the, the Cliftonville game so obviously there's a UEFA charge with that one which Celtic only to deal with the there hasn't been any. Like fireworks or bangers or anything since that game, so that seems to have stopped. But they're, they're still moaning about lateral movement, <laughs> which has become a bit of a joke term. Um, what, what does that mean? What does lateral movement mean? It, it, it's basically bouncing up and down in a line, going to the left and then going to the right. Right. So technically, health and safety say, no, you're not allowed to do that. And it's been brought up on several occasions now, and they still do it. And you're kind of thinking, well, the atmosphere's generated by the singing. Know the, know the lateral movement. Mm-hmm. Why don't just wrap the lateral movement? It, it's it's frustrating for me because I, the, all the good that they're doing is going to be undone because of little things you could just stop. I, I know what they're, I know what they're saying. It's like they're no harming anybody. But well, I <laughs> okay. The, the 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 problem with health and safety is always the same thing in this country. It's how officious is it? Yeah. What? Well, from my point of view, I agree with you. I think I think it's going to be a far quieter place without them being there and then the atmosphere is definitely going to get definitely going to take a downturn but the, the, the problem is they've kind of made it a wee bit easier for Celtic to by not dropping the stuff they were asked to be dropped because it then gives Celtic a really easy option of saying well look we've asked you to stop this you've not done it so you're out and what it also does is it means Celtic don't have to deal with some of the negative fallout that comes from stuff that the Green Brigade do you know, like it or not, there is negative publicity surrounded with a lot of the stuff they do. And I think it's, it's just, just giving the club an easy out. Instead of these guys saying, right, OK, we don't like it, but we'll play by the rules for a season or so. Because it'd be far better having them in the ground with their banners and their singing and doing all the stuff that is good than having them either not in the ground yeah. at all or spread about all over the place. I just, I think, I kind of get where they're coming from as well. But I, for me, they just seem, certain elements of them seem to be awful keen to pick a fight sometimes and you know the clever things to do now and again is just to say okay we'll, we'll, we'll calm it down for a couple of weeks the, the heat goes off them and then they get back to business again but to but to stoke the fires after they've been warned a couple of times it's mental the, 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 the really daft thing for me though is be, what they seem to be famous for is they generate all the noise so it's the singing that's what they're famous for the singing and the drums and all that they're not being pulled up for that the other thing yeah. they're famous for is the banners 
again, they're not being pulled up for that. Yep. So the two things they really do bring well to Celtic, Celtic are happy with. It's the other wee bits and well, pieces. If, yeah. if they just tweaked that, it would be fine. Now, songs. I say Celtic are happy with it. Yes, this is what we're going to say. The songs, some people would disagree with, some people would agree with. Neil Lennon disagrees. He doesn't He doesn't want the songs there. He mentioned that last season. Did he? Yep. I, think I heard Neil Lennon was saying well. Uh, he said that he, he didn't want the songs. They, they, they had no place in the stadium. He didn't mention specific songs, but he definitely mentioned their songs. See, that's just half the problem. Anytime there's a song debate, they say, oh, we don't want those songs. What songs? You know what songs? Aye, well, aye, that's it. Going to explain it because there's so much ignorance when it comes to songs to start with. Yeah, you like, oh, never you're, walk alone. You're singing like about that. this, what you're singing about that. It's like, do you even know what do you even know what you're singing about? Well, no, I don't know what they're singing about. But you're never it's, walk it's so alone. Silly. It's a sectarian. It's a song about a, a Protestant working on his own and killed <laughs> massive. <laughs> that's the kind of thing. It's, the other thing that always gets brought up is the poppy banner. And everybody's like, oh, the outrage of the poppy banner. It was a political statement. Now, whether a political statement should be in a, in a football ground is a completely different debate. But we're in a free country. You're allowed to make political statements. I enjoyed whether that was, banner because they misspelled it. So that uh, made me laugh. Well, see, my very first memory of the Green Brigade getting together was the day they misspelled Celtic. They missed out an I or something. C-E-L-T-C. <laughs> Right, but we should really move on for time. I, I was going to mention Walter Smith leaving Rangers, but uh, aye, I don't think we've really got time. And I don't <laughs> think what, I really want to discuss great. it. You made that joke. There's a whole, there's a whole episode of its own dedicated to that shambles that's happening along the MH just now. And honest, I think there's going to be more to come over the next couple of days as we well. we talked about it, it would just be saying pretty much the same thing as we were saying at the end of last season. So, aye. We'll, we'll move on beyond that. My favourite bit, just before we move on, my favourite yeah. bit for sports scene last night was right at the end when they did the review of the newspapers and they cut to the sun and it's uh, it was the uh, true blue glue or something and it was Walter Smith that's keeping this together. And then immediately followed that up with, uh, we'll get breaking news for Chris McLaughlin, he's talking about going away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like nice maybe this week, maybe as soon as this I, week. And I, I watched it. I, I watched it earlier this evening. So I just the same as you, I'm watching it thinking, oh, he's gone. Right, I wanted to bring up the McBookie charity bet and I wanted to start off with an apology. <laughs> There's going to be children around the country who's going to have to go without a, a Christmas present. Not that the charity bet would buy them a Christmas present because Santa does that, but they'd be losing out because I tried to play it easy and foolishly I chose Rangers in the bet despite... Chris and Greg both telling me no. I thought, nope, I'm going to go for it. It's easy. I know what I'm talking about when I don't really. And Rangers obviously didn't win. So that, that the rest of the bet didn't matter. Well, well, well Rangers didn't win. They didn't win. <laughs> what, what, let's put that in perspective. Rangers got knocked out of the League Cup already. Hi. Well, well, technically it was a draw in respect for the bet, but... Because yeah. <laughs> it's they're, a 90 minute bit uh-huh. uh, They're knocked out Yep, that's it so, the cup so that I said they'd get the, at least the semi-finals <laughs> <laughs> So let's get this on record for the future Which team are you never picking again in the charity bit? Uh, well, I never no, Don't give us your will Don't <laughs> give us your will They're just not up to speed yet Give them a few weeks Right, a few weeks and then I'll start to consider them again. Craig, 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 you've been picking them for far too long. This isn't the first time. This isn't the first time this has happened. The start of last season was really bad. Yeah. That that one too subtle? For far too long? Oh, Oh, it went right over my head, Chris. It was a thinking man's joke. A thinking (laughs) man. Always a bridesmaid, never a bridey. Right, the first thing I wanted to mention... The, the charity bet is this new, the new bet we've got. It's a first scorer from the Championship League One or League Two. And this week we made a, had a discussion offline because we didn't want to bore people as we're kind of trying to work out who plays in those three divisions other than Rangers players. I can chip in with that. But <laughs> other than that, we've decided to go for a hat-trick hero from the weekend there. In fact... Some sites were saying that he scored two hat-tricks after Opta messed up their live scores. So we're going to go for Derek Lyle, plays for Queen of the South, who 
who he scored three goals for as they beat Anne and Athletic at the weekend. And Queen of South are at home to Dundee at the weekend. So we're going to put a £10 bet on Derek Lyle. £10 courtesy of McBookie. It's a brand new bet we're getting this season. Unfortunately, I don't have odds for it because McBookie do it on a Tuesday. They release them on a Tuesday and we record this on a Monday night. So we don't have he's odds. Going to, he's going to be at least four or five to one, isn't he? That's a minimum you get for a first scorer these days. Ah, uh, usually. Well, so we'll that'll be interesting because it's obviously they're, they're playing Dundee and Dundee are one of the favourites to get promoted this season. So, yep. I mean, they're at home and they've just come up. So, in fact, this will be a uh, it'll be a flag day for them, I'd imagine. It's a, it's a flag day for Rangers as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I've heard some people say it. It's, I'm trying to avoid that because it's not my <laughs> turn to go. It's my mate's turn. So, I don't know really want to be jealous. I would love to be there to see them raising that flag in the week that... <laughs> The Empire's just about to crumble from their ears again. <laughs> They're going to hoist the third division flag. <laughs> so we'll Give discussing... me a DVD of that, Craig. <laughs> discussing who we were going to pick, and Chris showed his true colours, and he, he was going to go for a, a good Rangers man in Hemmings. <laughs> ah, I, I, I picked him out of one of the League Cup scorers in a big game. I just don't know how he scored, because he he's, he's an honest player. I did like him for that, but he's aye, he's just not a scorer. But, well, he's proven me wrong, isn't he? Bye. Derek Lyle, first scorer. So then we'll go back and do the traditional bet now, because we've got two bets. So we're going to put a tenner on a treble, and we're going to pick a match each, and that can be pretty much from anything in Scottish football, apart from Rangers games, unless it's uh, the opposition. No. So has anything jumped out? For the games this weekend, for either of you. I've got a short list, so I'm waiting to see you guys. <laughs> well, you've got a short list. I've always got a short list. Oh, yeah, I I, well, it's nice to be prepared because if I pick one team and one of you guys picks it before me, then I'd have to make it up as I go along. Whereas I've, I've studied the, the games and I've picked out three. So. All right, I'm going to go Ross County, home at Partick Thistle. McBookie are offering that for 20. To 21. Oh, that's a bit of a bizarre. <laughs> yeah. It's all maths, mate. It's all maths. 20 to 21. Aye. Even John McCrudick wouldn't have a tic-tac <laughs> for that if there is one. Oh, I'm sure he would. <laughs> He'd make one up. <laughs> right. And I don't know. It's just so difficult. Rangers. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Definitely can't do that. Right, I'm going to go for Queen of the South. I'm going to keep the... <laughs> oh, doubling up in the bet. Oh, is that not on? Oh, man. Home to Dundee. It's risking up. Well, don't, let us, don't let us put you off, though. Right. I don't know what the odds are for that because I can't work it out on the McBookie site. Do you know what? Yeah, I, I can't take it myself because it's my team, but I'd be, I'd be sticking the money in Aberdeen. Aberdeen away to Motherwell on Sunday almost 2-1 to one. it's not bad it's, it's, it's not a bad shout I know why you're not going against it obviously yep. but see I've been looking further down the leagues because I reckon see I was considering Airdrie against Forfar but because I've, I've got this in my head that Forfar I went yeah we beat Rangers so let's make a complete mess at the following week because that's there's a habit of that kind of thing happening um, did Airdrie not score a few at the weekend I can't imagine I, I, I know they Tough somebody at the the Ramses Cup last week. I don't know about this week. Not sure. Um, oh, I'm going to change my bet if that's all right. Uh, Is that all right? I'm going. Who did go you have for us? Right, you're going south, didn't you? Right, aye. What are you going for? I'm now? going to go for Queens Park instead. Ah. Because I remember looking at them when I was looking at the first scorer, uh, because I thought they were going to score plenty of goals. Oh, he's still on. Yep. So goodbye. Aye, uh, it's a lot aye. better than Queens South. I agree with yep. that. Yep. I'm going to go with that. Um, I'm not going to go with Adrian, though. I don't think so. Um, I think Dunfermline's Fife will be a decent game, but I don't know if I want to call Dunfermline just yet, and they're still technically in administration. So I'm going to say Berwick Rangers against Clyde. You're getting 11 to 8 for that. Queen's Park worth 2 to 5. So we've got £10 free bet for McBookie, and that'll return £64.92. Excellent. Which is decent. That plus the 60 70 quid we get for the first scorer. It's a good weekend. Aye. I think uh, I'm glad that you persuaded me not to go for that, <laughs> that difficult one. 
and I've went for a, a safe. <laughs> safe just like last week. Right, that's that sorted. The McBookie bet is sorted. And then we'll look at the predictor because the predictor, the, the first weekend in the predictor, people aren't really sure what's going on. Is anyone going to get any decent points? It's a bit potluck. Well, I've just I've just shown everybody the way to go. I've stormed in and I've got 10 points for the weekend and I'm sitting in 8th place, which is pretty good for me. But best of all, I'm top of the mini league in the podcast. I'm bottom at the moment. Because the only decent result I got was actually the Celtic game, because I correctly predicted 2 1. I think everyone else I got roughly right, but I never got the scoreline right. So. so I got the Partick against Dundee United, 0 0. Spot on. Right. That's easy. And then the Celtic game, spot on. And other than that, I got all the results correct. Uh-huh. So it was a, See, a good weekend for me. I, I think I took hearts to draw on. Obviously, I never get this. I had one each instead of nothing each for the Thistle game. So that's why I'm three points behind you. Yep. That's all good, though. The leader so far is Alex Carl, 16, on 14 points. There's somebody who's on 10 points the same as me, but I don't know if they're allowed to play because it's called Automated Predictors version 2. <laughs> 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 hmm. <laughs> that seems a bit odd. Yeah. Right, but we'll go and we'll get our predictions done for the SPL games this coming weekend. Celtic have decided to opt out right. this round because they're playing against Liverpool. I'm sure it's live in the telly box. I think five o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Aye, BT Sports got it. So that should be entertaining. Let's say five o'clock on Saturday. But uh, let's face it, it's a friendly. And it's after the season started. I'm kind of with Jim Goodwin in this one. And he was mumping and worrying about the because it's the man that was out in this game, and they were wanting to moan about the fact that Celtic got to cancel this game. Obviously, everybody had the opportunity to have a, a, a postponement if they wanted, but obviously Celtic are the only ones that actually want to do it for the, the money-spinning friendly. So as much How as I'm they... glad we've got the money, I don't like this disruption. How did they work it? Was it if, did everybody get a chance to postpone over the first few weeks, or yeah. was it like they'd done previously, that it was just the home team? Well, what, what you would have done would you organise a friendly and then when the fixtures came out you'd probably get a home game that weekend and then you could scrub it because we had there was that daft weekend that Celtic and Rangers were both scheduled at home yep. and both had it scrubbed so they could play a friendly. Yeah. But as yeah, long as it's, it's done fairly I'm, I'm uh, happy as long as it's done uh, fairly. See, uh, even then it's, uh, the season started the time for friendlies is done. Let's get the, the let's get a bit of momentum going in the football because that's all that's all that happens here is Celtic play this, this coming Wednesday and then they're off and then next midweek we've got the, the the international break and then so it's the following Saturday again before Celtic play so there's a 10 day period on that point yep we've only just started yep ridiculous anyway right, and we've got two games on Saturday the first game is Dundee United against Inverness and I think after seeing what I've seen so far from that one game, that one round, round of games, I'm going to go for an away victory. And I'm going to go 2-1 to Inverness. Good early scoring for United. Yeah, I think Inverness got a lot of help out of St Murn's defence. <laughs> I, I think you might be right, it might be an away win. But um, I think it'll maybe be 1-0. 2-0 Dundee United. Ooh. Ooh. All right, all right, Greg, I'll give you that. Goodwill, it looked good. Mm-hmm. Last scene. Goodwill at the double. Inverness, I agree with Chris, carried a luck a wee bit. Dundee United will step it up. And if they can't beat them, they'll just get that guy that plays at the back to boot folk. <laughs> if Vincent Money doesn't get them first. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised we've not heard anything because he sometimes acts eh, on a Monday evening. He's got a habit of acting on a Tuesday more than a Monday, though. Hmm. So we'll put it, this podcast will go out and then it'll be about 24 hours later. It'll be fine. Gives, gives you one night to think you've got away for it before either you get a phone call on a Tuesday. It's either that or Vincent Warren listens to the podcast and then he <laughs> <says his name. laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Because usually we mention it and then he pulls them up. I'd quite like that job, actually, because he doesn't really work. He just does. Like He only works during the season and even then it's it's maybe one every few weeks. I, I could do that job. It, Either either his job is watching football, or more accurately, it's watching sports scene. Because all he really does, is players don't get pissed off him, because all he really says to them is, do you mind if I give you a two-match ban? 
You, you don't you need to take it. If you, it. Want. Uh, aye, well, if you appeal it, you, we'll just give you two. <laughs> aye, as we call it an appeal, but it's not really an appeal. Do you sure? You sure you want to accept this two-match ban? It's everyone loves them. Just right, Ross County Partick. I'm going to go for two 0 to Ross County for the charity bet. I will say three-one Ross County. I like to look at them on the weekend up. That new boy. Oh, the new boys, actually. Oh, Aye. The boy that scored was that. That's what Some goal, wasn't it? Aye. And after oh. crossbar. They, they, were, they were saying, as, uh, Neil McCann was saying as guy afterwards, that oh, he went with the wrong hand. I was like, I'm, I'm not even sure he's seen it. <laughs> I think Foster <laughs> pulled out. I think he thought it was going over. I, I think know, he did pull not, out. I think he's seen it. Nah, it get flew at him and it moved in the air as well. Neil Lennon pointed that out, actually. It moved away. So if... He might have went with the wrong hand, but it might have been going with the, the, the correct hand to start with. Are you going for Greg? 2-1. 2-1 Ross County. 2-1. Then on Sunday, we've got the Edmund Derby potentially make or break for Pat Fenlon. And I've written down here a 5 past 12 kickoff. That's a bit strange, but since Sky Sports 1, I really don't know how to call this because both teams didn't really shine at the weekend, but I think I'm going to go for the less worst team, which is Hearts, and going to go for 2-0. 2-0. Aye, OK, 2-0. I was going, going to go 2-1, but... 2-0. I'm going to go a Paul Band, 0-0. Oh, what a typical Edinburgh Derby, then. Yep. Boring. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm in a, a nothing each as well, who Bernie and were. Depends, John, depends how they approach the game, because if they do what they did yesterday... They could again probably hold it for a nothing each, but uh, they they just look absolutely chronic. They look terrified of losing. Uh, so yeah, nothing each for me. Paul Band said he was going to listen live. <laughs> so no, we just mentioned him. Ah, he said he could listen to all of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, next one up is Kelly against St Johnson, and I think I'm going to go for a one-one draw. I reckon a two-one away win. Then we've got Motherwell against Aberdeen and, well, I think I'm going to use the cliche about a European hangover. But then Willowflood looked really good for Aberdeen. Johnny Hayes is a a decent enough player. I'd I'd say he's had a a bad season last season. He might be coming good again. I think I'm going to go for an an away victory 2-1 Aberdeen. Uh, Me and Unfortunately, I would I feel sorry going against Greg's team here, but aye. Even, even, Greg's, even Greg was going against his team. <laughs> I was going to say, I've not heard what I'm going to say yet. Nah, no, it's, uh, I agree, I think, it's a, I think it's a tall order. Aberdeen look as though, albeit just in the, the evidence of one game, they look as though they've kind of got their act together. And, um, that midfield of theirs looks like it might be a, a decent one this season. But again, we've, we've not really got off and running either yet, and uh, I, I think there's better to come from us. So I'm going to go a one-each score draw. Oh, a bit more positive than I was expecting. A bit more positive than I really believe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, but we never mentioned him there, but I thought Neil McGinn looked pretty uh, bright as well in the highlights. Aye. Aye. So uh, if he's ticking and Johnny Hayes is ticking and obviously Will Flood, he's got off a good start. So uh, there's a, a good wee team building. Though. Yeah. Trust me. And it's a good day we hit the target, mind you. I've seen him miss a couple. Aye, it's a bad miss. Uh, right, well, that's us done for the predictions because as I mentioned before, Celtic are taking a wee break and then I think that's us really I think I'd like to mention that we'll be discussing the Scotland-England game next week and doing a wee preview for that Stevie May got called up to that which is good, the under-21 squad not the, the senior oh, right. squad uh, yeah, I think that's good When's the League Cup's second draw? Or second league, uh, second round draw? I wonder why I'm asking you Craig but... Nobody's interested <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on for that I said, that's the Diddy Cup. Definitely, everyone's <laughs> interested in the Scottish Cup and the Harry Ramsden's Cup. The Ramsden's. <laughs> Do I make any predictions for the Scottish Cup just to give us a laugh? <laughs> what, te- what team's going to knock Rangers in the first round, you mean? Se- semi-final of that, maybe. I can't remember what I said for the Scottish Cup. Uh, it was definitely semis for the League Cup. I uh, can't remember for the Scottish Cup. And just think, see if you get Stirling University or something, you-, you can go along and see Rangers get knocked in the first round. <laughs> I, I think I should go and see Sterling Uni. It's a, well, obviously a local team. And well, there you be... go. Aye. 
Well, I wonder what the fixtures are, because uh, annoyingly, BBC seem to have the Highland games, but not the, the Lowland games. They really need to sort that out. Because that's, I mean, they're two leagues that are on exactly the same par, so they should be getting the equal billing on the BBC's website, and I just know. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just the way things have happened so late in the day, really, that websites just aren't really catching up. Although the Lowland League was a few weeks ago now, but it's still still late for websites and so on to catch up. I haven't even seen a fixture list for it, or like a table, or anything. I know what teams are in it, but that's about it. You try uh, finding a you try finding a fixture list. Ah, you, you go to the SPFL website. No, no mention. No, they no even they're not interested. No, it's pretty embarrassing. But then Doncaster's been busy with the naming of the oh, yeah, the Premiership, the Championship. They've been busy with that. A lot of work went behind the scenes, and that's so, uh, right. Well, that's has got to the ending, and. Well, I'll report back next week. I know everyone's waiting, but I'll report back next week on how the pie is at McDermott Park. And you going for, you going for the peppercorn? I think I will. I think He's I will. Peppercorn. Yep. I'm Sounds not going to send my mate because I sent him last time when he came back with just a plain steak pie when there was a peppercorn on offer. I know yeah, I said I wanted chorizo, but I thought that kind of hinted that I wanted a special pie. <laughs> Aye. A special pie. <laughs> <laughs> Splash out in a special pie. That's how I roll. Right, but thanks for coming on again, guys, and thanks for listening, and thanks for the one person who's listening live. <laughs> what again? <laughs> Hopefully they don't turn off after I've said that. Right, uh, okay, here you go. I've got the fixtures finally. University okay. of Stirling versus East Kilbride on Saturday the 10th. So if you're not going to Ibrox, get yourself along to see that game. Oh, see, I was going to go and meet up with a couple of guys for the forum. Uh, go to the game? Uh, no, they're talking about going somewhere else. I can't even remember. Castle Carey. That's oh, that's exciting. Uh, oh, nice, nice, nice view of there, mate. Uh, uh, that's, that's where we're going. Yeah. See, be fair, like, Castle Carey arches are quite nice. That's the railway bridge across here, mate. Aye, they're all right, they're all right. As arches go, they're all right. Right, but thanks for coming on, thanks for listening. And I'll speak to you next week. Cheers. 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 Bye.